Well, hey, friend, welcome to Friday, April the 29th, last, uh, last Friday of April, last episode of Enough for Today for April. And are you ready for May? I know I am. I'm ready for some warmer weather and some more sunshine and longer days. And I hope you are already looking forward to summer. We're enjoying a great season of ministry at Emmanuel. Uh, Post-Easter, we've launched groups. We had a wonderful night of groups on Wednesday, Sunday morning. I invite you to join us and get into a group, uh, grow together with some Christian friends, and take your next steps. It's just good to keep moving forward, to grow, to be, uh, to prioritize your spiritual development. And that's what you're doing here with me every day on Enough for Today. And uh, thank you for, for giving me this time. Um, about the time I'm convinced that, that uh, not many people are watching, somebody out of the blue reaches out and says, hey, I'm still with you. So, um, so thanks for, for tracking along. We are dangerously close to the end of Psalm 41, and then we, uh, we move forward. So yesterday, we left it off with David's strong confidence by this I know, verse 11, his uh, basking in the favor of God, that you favor me. And then thirdly, uh, how he knew God's favor, what the experience of God's favor looked like. And in David's life, it wasn't that he was healthy and wealthy and uh, prosperous and peaceful and everything in his life was, you know, well-ordered like, uh, like a billionaire. He, um, he was experiencing favor in that his hardship wasn't triumphing. His enemies weren't getting the victory. Um, so uh, sometimes I think we need to recategorize what is God's favor. We think of it as a winning lottery ticket almost when God says, no, my favor is the strength to go forward today. My favor is the grace to carry you through the trial you are facing today. That's favor. The fact that it's not eating you up, it's not gaining victory or ground in your life. That's, uh, that is God's favor. Um, when I look, look at my life or I look at our church, I think of the story of Emmanuel over 10 years, and I think, wow, God's favored Emmanuel over 10 years. Why? Because um, there were people that wanted Emmanuel to die. And there were a lot of trends about Emmanuel in terms of people leaving the church and the finances in a dangerously dark place that seemed like the church might die or could die. And, um, and yet God's favor, what was God's favor? He brought us through that season one day at a time, one week at a time. And his favor was grace upon grace upon grace, mercies that are new every morning. So David continues this thought in verse 12. And he says, I know your favor because, okay, uh, my name, enemies are not triumphing. Now verse 12, and as for me, and as for me, okay, so my enemies... You're withholding, you're restraining them. You're, you're only giving them so much ground. Um, you've, you've, you've restrained their power to overcome me. But as for me, now he's going to say, God, this is what you're doing specifically for me. Thou upholdest me in mine integrity. Uh, the word uphold is to take hold of, to grasp, to hold secure or to be seized. So David knows he is absolutely secure, okay, in the hand of God. Now, my friend, think about the hardship of the betrayal and the conspiracies that were going on against David from those close to him and contrast that with being held in the palm of God's hand, the sovereign king and creator of the universe 
holding you in his hand uh, means anything that comes upon you is filtered and restrained and controlled um, and and in some sense permitted by um, by your heavenly father but it is uh, you are absolutely secure okay so David again is recounting this strong confidence and this encouragement in the middle of dark betrayals that God has not betrayed him. God's not left him. God is literally seized onto him um, and undefeatably holding him secure. Absolutely. Okay, so my friend, this is you in Christ. This is me in Christ. Things come upon us every day, and maybe you've had just one of those weeks that your security things seems to be threatened on every hand. And materially, listen, the world can fall apart. Like this doesn't mean you'll never have a materially bad circumstance and that if you do, that God somehow lost control. No, it means that when your material world comes undone, you're still held tightly in the grip of God's grace. So David said, God, you're upholding me in mine integrity. Uh, a faithful support of a standard of values, okay? So David's saying, God, you have held me fast in what he's talking about earlier in the psalm, looking outward, loving others, caring for the weak, being the king I'm supposed to be, shepherding, doing my role, while the the headwinds of enemy opposition and betrayal are coming against me. God, somehow you've given You've given my enemies a limit to their advancement, and you've given me the ability to maintain my values and my priorities and my integrity as a leader and as a God follower. And then he says, and settest me before thy face forever. David is, on one hand, in one sense, recounting the beauty of the promise of everlasting life. He knows He is going to be welcomed in the presence of God forever and ever and ever. Why? Because of his integrity? That's what religion says. No, but that's not it, okay? God's holding up his integrity. Why is David looking forward to being set before God's face forever? Verse 10, mercy. Be thou merciful. Listen, my friend, this is a gospel view of Scripture, okay? This is the essence of Scripture. We don't relate to God on the basis of our integrity. We relate to him, verse 10. 10 on the basis of his mercy and it is his mercy and favor that upholds me in integrity do you see that behavior doesn't earn favor no favor is a product of mercy grace undeserved unearned mercy that mercy then upholds me in integrity good behavior moral behavior ability to follow Jesus is granted by Jesus. It is him in me upholding me and you in that integrity. And where does it go? It sets us before his face forever. Do you see the gospel? And my friend, this is the view you want. This is the, um, this is how you study scripture. You look for those principled, you look for those gospel principles that are strung together. Mercy, leads to favor. Favor leads to integrity, sanctification, growth spiritually. And a life lived in God's favor leads me to be, and mercy leads to to me living before his face forever. 
Now, so that's the big picture. That's the big encouragement of the good news of the gospel. Um, but I think this is why it mattered to David in the moment, okay? He's looking <clears throat> into the face of betrayal temporarily, and he's reminding himself that in reality, forever, now and forever, he's really before the face of God. God's face is upon him with favor. Now, my friend, you're not just looking forward to heaven because of Jesus. You have the smile of Jesus. You have the, the favor and the smile and the pleasure of God delighted in you right now. You say, yeah, but, but, but I blew it yesterday. I messed up. I did too. Listen, uh, but Wednesday night, we heard a lesson in our um, gentle and lowly class that one of the things that Jesus has joy over is he, is he has joy in giving forgiveness, in giving mercy, in giving comfort, just like he had joy in giving healing. The sick people needed a physician, and he was happy to heal. When you sin, when you fail, it's not God's anger you need to be worried about. It's running to his forgiveness and knowing he loves to forgive. He takes joy in healing you as a part of his body. He takes joy in giving you his grace and mercy. So yes, right now you are before his face and he is looking on you with favor and delight. You are the apple of his eye. He takes great pleasure in you. Last verse. Let's just finish the psalm quickly. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Now, what is this verse? This verse is not simply <clears throat> David ending his psalm. This is the end of the first book of the Psalms, and there's five books. And so this last verse 13 is almost like a closing statement that binds up the whole testimony of Psalms 1 through 41. And I want you to think about it in this lens. This is really good. Psalm 1, how does it begin? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So the ver first verse of Psalms says blessed. And this word is big. We've unpacked it before, but it's this sense of wholeness and flourishing of heart and mind and soul and body. It's to be totally accepted and provided for and cared for and secured in the heart of God is to be totally at peace and rest in yourself and living out of that. It is a big, wonderful word, okay? It, this book of the Psalms begins with the word blessed and ends with the word blessed. And everything in between is about how in our human experience we walk in and we experience and we live out of the favor, the blessing, the fullness, the flourishing of God. Blessed be the Lord God. So now the celebration is answered. So verse one is 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 verse one is God saying, "I want to bless man," and verse thirteen of chapter forty-one is man saying, "I want to bless God." God is so good. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, from everlasting and to everlasting. Now look at that; it's the span of eternity past to eternity future. That's who secures you. That's who loves you. That's who favors you. That's who sets his face upon you. The God of everlasting to everlasting. And he's brought you in to that timeless narrative by the redemptive work of Jesus. He has redeemed you 
out of the time and space curse of sin and death and into the everlasting to everlasting story. And so amen and amen. Amen means so be it. Absolutely. It's a celebration. It's a declaration of firm, faithful, uh, absolute uh, sense of things. Amen and amen. Oh, what a great, what a great uh, end of Psalm 41. So my friend, we've talked about how we should treat others, live outwardly, even when others are mistreating us in justice because of how God so massively favors us in Jesus. Hey, thanks for joining me this week. Have a great Friday. We'll see you Monday. Hope to see you Sunday at church.